Hey, uh, turn in your Bible to Deuteronomy um, 4, and we're going to continue our series this morning. We've called In His Presence. Uh, last Thanksgiving, uh, our, our, our family did something we, we've never done before. On Thanksgiving, for a couple of days of Thanksgiving, we, we went down to Orange Beach and did a, did a beach trip in November uh, for a couple of days just to get away. And, and I can tell you, it was a unique idea because there was hardly anybody else there. I mean, it was very, very quiet. And um, we were out on, on the balcony of our room uh, near, 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 the, near the end of the day. You know, the sun was still up. But there was this guy out in the, in the sand. It's a big, long beach. And he's got, I don't know what he's got, a shovel or something. And, he, and, he's, and he's building this big, giant, you know, thing. I don't know if he's going to do an, an SOS, like he needs to be rescued, but he's just channel, just tunneling there, making something. I couldn't tell what it was. So we forgot about it. And a little while later, I, I hear, you know, a little commotion out there. And I think he's called up to the room, and um, I look in the, in the balcony across from our building, and, and there's a, a young lady and, you know, some adults, and it looks like family or something. And they're looking out from about the fifth or sixth story, maybe even higher, down onto the beach. And, and this guy has, um, has written in the sand, you know, something like, Emily, will you marry me? And it was so cool to watch, you know. We're out there on the balcony, and, and, and we see him going out there going, hey, you know, like this. He's just a little guy, hey. And she's out there going, yes, yes. And, you know, she almost jumps and goes, no, 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 no. You, you, got, you know, you got to go down. And uh, it was just one of these incredible moments. And I thought, you know, and, and we didn't expect it. She didn't expect it. And I thought, what an incredible expression of love. Just an incredible expression. And, and, and so this morning, as we talk about worship, as we talk about living in God's presence, I, I, I want to talk this morning about worship. Worship is an expression, okay? So this morning, um, I want you to, as we think about worship, I, I don't want you to think about do you worship or do you not worship? Because you and I were created to worship. The question is not, do you worship or do you not worship? The question is, what do you worship? Because everybody worships something. And I, kinda, I brought a few pictures this morning. You see, so, some people worship something that, that looks like this. Right? You know they're out there always shining it up. You know what I mean? Soon you get a little speck. You know, they're out there with a white glove pulling it off. You know what I mean? Armor awling, everything. Shining. Everything's about the... So, some people worship, uh, you know, I don't know, I thought I'd include the ladies, you know, something in the Galleria. Shopping. All, all that glitters is not gold, you know, but you see all these little new outfits and it's all about all of that. So, some people worship uh, something like this, power. We see a lot of people on the news who worship power. The ability to manipulate and control and decide how things are done. Uh, some people worship uh, fame. Just want to be the center of attention all the time. There's no, no amount of attention that's ever enough. 
Uh, this is a big one in our culture, I think. Some people worship sports. Matter of fact, I think the new houses of worship in America are probably athletic stadiums and, I don't know, banks. That's where the American culture now goes to worship. And there's a lot of parallels you can draw there. Some people worship um, money. And you can tell because they never, never get enough and, you know, never make enough. And they're always working, always trying to get a little bit more. Now, now I'm, not, I'm not talking about, you know, yeah, you know, get all those rich people. Well, if we didn't have any rich people, we'd have any jobs. So we've got to have rich people. I don't mean that. Uh, uh, look, I, I know some wealthy people that are incredibly generous. And they don't worship money at all. It's not about how much you have. It's about how much you prioritize it. It's about how much you value it. Some people, some people worship, and this is going to throw you off, some people worship their children. I can just tell you, some of the worst conflicts I've ever seen in a church is when you have a family who worships their children and you offend one of those children. You just offended their God. And you will pay. I, I've crossed that bridge more times than I want to, and it's only been a handful. So the question this morning is not, do you worship? But what do you worship? Whatever you give the highest priority in your life is what you worship. So, so you just have to evaluate your own life and sort of figure out what that is. Now, as we talk about worshiping God, I want you to see that worship isn't just singing. People can sing and not worship. Right? We've done that before. Worship is not, uh, listen very carefully, worship is also not just about lifting God up. It's not just about exalting God. God did not create you to just lift Him up. The angels do that for eternity. God did not create you because He needed someone to lift Him up. God doesn't have any needs. Therefore, there's nothing you can add to God to enhance Him or make Him better. You, you, you can't do that. Now, exalting God and lifting God up is part of worship, but there's more to it. We're not here to just go through the motions of lifting God up. So let me give you a quick definition this morning if you want to write this down. What is worship? I'm going to give you a very, very simple. I've said it from the beginning. I want this series to be so simple because I want it to include everybody. So how might we define worship very simply? Two words. Love expressed. Worship is love expressed. So, if it's love and it's not expressed, it's not worship. If it's expressed and it's not love, it's not worship. Worship is love expressed. So, I only have two thoughts for you this morning. I'm just going to take that simple definition and break it down. So let's look at it together this morning. Number one, worship is love. Now, did you know God commanded you to love him? You may say, wait, wait, how can God command me to love him? Because love is a choice, it's not an emotion. So God can command you to make a choice. He's not going to command you to feel something, but he can command you to make a choice. Love is a choice. That's why God was able to command us to. Uh, Deuteronomy, I'm sorry, I, I think I said four. Deuteronomy 11, 
verse 1 and 13. Listen to this. Love the Lord your God. Some translations say you shall love. This is a command. The Lord your God and keep his requirements, his decrees, his laws, and his commands always. Verse 13. So if you faithfully obey the commands I am giving you today, and, and, and now let's define those commands. Here it is. To love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Now you may say, yeah, but that's the Old Testament and things work different in the Old Testament than they did the New. I agree with you. However, look what Jesus said in Matthew 22 when someone asked him, what is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is what? This is the first And not only is it first, not only did it come before all the other ones, it's the greatest. It's the most important commandment that there is. So you and I are commanded to love God. When you got saved, God gave you a new heart so you could love Him. Maybe you say, how do I I respond to that? How do I obey that? How do I fulfill that command? Well, God gave you a new heart so that you could. So if you're not a believer, you can't love God because you haven't been given a new heart to do it. Deuteronomy 36 says this, The Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the hearts of your descendants. Why? So that you may love him with all your heart and with all your soul and live. Now let me give you two thoughts about love that I know. First is, love leaks. Love leaks. It's not this once for all, like once you love someone and and your heart is full of love for them, it's going to stay full. No, love leaks. Sir, if you're standing there at the altar, you know, at the wedding day, and you say, uh, look, you know, for better or for worse, that's what you say, right? Will you take her, will you take him for better or for worse? Well, you say yes, but you don't mean it. And we know you don't mean it because when things get worse, you get mad. Right? Just came to tell the truth. Ephesians 6 basically says this. Satan is shooting arrows at your heart. Because he wants to puncture a hole in your heart so that love will leak out. And if he can punch a hole in your heart through a hurt or an offense or a judgment or cynicism or a lie, and if you receive it, now you don't have to receive it because Ephesians 6 also says that we have the shield of faith that will stop every fiery arrow of the enemy. But if you receive that arrow, it will punch a hole in your heart and your heart will leak and love will flow out. And it will begin to damage your relationship with those around you and your relationship with God. And you can even get disappointed with God. And it sounds something like this. Well, I don't go to church anymore. Why? It's always a, a bad reason, right? There's never a good reason. There's always a bad reason. Something went wrong. Something. I'm not sure I believe that like I used to. I'm not sure God loves me or he's real or you know where he is. I, I don't have time. I'm busy. What does all that mean? All that means is that you've received an arrow in your heart and love has leaked out. Because love leaks. 
Here's the other thing I know about love. Love also grows. When you're, when you're lying there in the hospital bed, uh, mom, and they come and, and, and set that little infant in your arms. And you look at that little baby in the eyes for the first time. You look at that little baby's face and you say, I could not love this child anymore. Except you do. Because as that child grows, right? As the years go by, you love that child more and more. Now, there's some years you don't like them, but you, <laughs> right, but you love them. You love them. And over time, your love grows. You know why? Because that's what love does. Love grows. Love and our hearts can leak, and love and our hearts can grow. So what do we do when our love for God has leaked out? We press in. We press in. We lean in. We move toward God. Because that is what worship is. Worship is love. Now here's the second thing. Worship is also expressed. Remember, if it's love and it's not expressed, it's not worship. Now think about this for a minute. It doesn't work in a relationship not to express love, does it? Well, I mean, I told her the day I married her I loved her, and if anything changes, I'll let her know. How many of you think that's going to work out? That's not going to work out. Why? Because although love may be in your heart, it must continue to be expressed. Because that's the way relationships work. Love has to be expressed. It has to be communicated. God created us to communicate with Him. Now I want to show you a verse, for those of you who've read the Bible a lot, I want to show you a verse in the Bible you may have never seen. In Genesis chapter 4, 25 and 26, I want to show you a verse that maybe you've just kind of read over, skipped over, maybe it's never stuck out to you. But we'll go all the way back to Adam and Eve, and how the relationship with God flowed there, and, and what expression meant. Watch this, uh, verse 25. Adam made love to his wife again. This is after uh, you know Cain had killed Abel. They already had two kids, and one of them had been murdered by the other one. But fathom that, man. We got four people on earth, and it's already already turned into a shootout, you know. And she gave birth to a son and named him Seth. So this is Adam and Eve's third son, saying, "God has granted me another child in place of Abel since Cain killed him." Seth also had a son. So now you got grandchildren. And, and he named him Enosh. Now look at this. Look at this verse. I wonder if you've ever seen this before. At that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. Let me read it to you out of the message translation. That's when men and women begin praying and worshiping in the name of God. People began to call on the name of the Lord. When God created Adam and Eve, they walked with Him and they talked with Him and then sin entered the picture and it broke communication. Now, now watch. Every conversation between God and people after the fall was initiated by God. And it was usually in the form of a question. We don't have any recorded conversation between Adam and Eve or their children 
and God that was initiated by them was all initiated by God. So you hear things like this, where are you? Who, who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from the tree? Where's your brother? God asks questions and then pronounces judgment and Adam and Eve are driven out of the garden from the presence of God. Then Cain is driven out from the presence of God. But it was now in Adam and Eve's grandson's lifetime that people began to call on the name of the Lord. Now that, that, that's a big deal. Think about this. Enosh is Adam and Eve's grandson. About 240 years have passed. This isn't a weekend, this isn't a couple of years, Two hundred, because they live like seven, eight, nine hundred years. Imagine what Social Security would look like in that kind of program. We'd all be broke. 240 years since Adam and Eve have sinned, and they're thrown out of the garden, and just now, people are starting to call on the name of the Lord. What do you think happened for 240 years? Do, do, do you think that they just didn't love God at all for 240 years? Something shifted, something changed because they began to call on the name of the Lord. A new expression began to arise. They begin to express. So the question I have this morning is, does expression matter? Does expression matter? Well, let's, let's, let's talk about it for a minute. Maybe you say, you know, I, I don't have to sing, and I don't have to respond, I don't have to stand, I don't have to raise my hand, and I don't have to, I don't have to, uh, uh, I'm just going to worship God in my heart the, my own way. Well, 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 let's talk about that for a minute. Before we, before we answer that, let me, let me do give you this preface. There is no expression in worship that is more spiritual than any other one. Okay, let's, let's talk about that. There aren't degrees of expression. In other words, you, you warm up by standing, and then you clap, and then you raise your hand, you know, and then you shout, and then you start barking like a dog, and then you foam with the mouth, you know, until you just rapture straight to heaven. All right? There, there is not a ladder of expressions that the, the, the wilder you get, the more spiritual it is. That is legalistic and dangerous and it will hurt your faith so that's not what I'm saying but is that to say that expression is not important well let's apply our reluctance of expression back on God and see how it fits what if God said he loved you but he never expressed it would that matter to you does God's expression matter well, according to Romans 5.8, it does. Because Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrates, let me give you another word there, expresses his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If God said, I love you, but I'm not going to express it, then Jesus never came to earth and died on the cross. We desperately want God to express his love for us. So, so expression must matter, unless it's just a, a one-way street. Imagine if we threw you a birthday party. 
7 o'clock Friday night, be at this location. We're going to throw you a birthday party. You arrive, there's no cake, there's no decorations, there's no candles, there's no presents, there's no people. We just leave a sticky note on the table and say, happy birthday. Would that matter to you? Well, it's your birthday, and we said it was your birthday. But there was no expression. Well, now, does, it, does the expression matter? <laughs> yes, because that's how relationships work. Living in His presence means living in relationship with God, and it means expressing your love for Him. Now, let's back up for a minute, because you know half to, to two-thirds to maybe 100% of the guys in the room get a little antsy about this. And sometimes we can think, oh great, a series on worship, that's for the women. I'll, I'll clock back in when we get on something else. Why is that? Because generally women express love easier than men. Generally women, uh, we'll have marriage counseling when the service is over for those of you who need it. See, there's proof. There's communication. Generally, women communicate easier than men. Now, here's what I'm not talking about. I know I'm talking in stereotypes, so don't throw stuff at me. I know there are some men that are more talkative than women, and I know there are some women that are less talkative than men, and I get all of that. I get all of that. But, but look, as a general rule, women learn by communicating, by listening, and talking. Men communicate by watching and doing. That's why men like shop class and they like to drive. Men get together in a group of men and they do things together and they don't talk much, but when it's over they feel closer. And so he goes out to golf and he comes back home and, and, and she says, what did you guys talk about? And what does he say? Nothing. And she says, you're lying. You can't go that long without talking. Oh, just watch. Oh, I can. Right? Don't ask a man, what did you guys talk about? Ask a man, what did you guys do? And you know what he'll say? Oh, well, we got up about 5 o'clock. The sun wasn't up yet. It was really cool. We stopped over and had a bagel on the way to the golf. And, uh, uh, you know, old Tom, his, uh, his golf clubs, one of them was broken, so we stopped by. He'll talk. Just ask him what he did. Don't, don't ask him what he, what he talked about because they didn't talk about anything. Men, don't ask her. She goes to the mall with the ladies. Don't say, what did y'all do? Ask her, what did you guys talk about? You better have some time, though. Because she'll redo the whole thing. Look, I, I, I'm not making this up. Studies have been done on this globally. The percentage of females in Christianity is significantly higher than males. That's a fact. Women seem to more naturally gravitate toward worshiping God than men do. Men communicate different, but men do talk. You just have to talk about something they're passionate about. Ask a man about college football. He'll talk. What did you know in 1967, the best running back? You go, oh, I don't even care. Right? But it's, it's, you hit a passion area. Ask a man about something he's He'll talk. When a man meets a woman, come on, he'll start to talk about her. 
And pretty soon he's spending all his time with her. And the next thing you know, somebody says, where's Johnny? And he's over at the mall holding a purse. <laughs> you know. He's gone. Men, you do communicate about whatever you're passionate about. You may say, listen, you may say in your heart, I wish I loved God more. And you may think that because you're looking at your wife or you're looking at someone else that has a much more outgoing expression than you. But that expression doesn't mean that they love God more than you do. You may actually love God more than you think. Maybe what you are struggling with, though, is how do I express it with inside the personality God's giving me? Here's what I would encourage you to do. Take some small step of expression and see what happens. You don't have to do it the same way your wife does it. If you like the woods, go out in the woods. Climb up in a deer stand. Watch the sun come up. And when the sun comes up, with nobody else around, you know, just say... Lord, that's a, that's a beautiful sunrise. I'm so grateful that the sun has risen in my life. You know what that is? Man, that's an expression. That's an expression. I, I've been on enough missions trips to know. That there, there, are, there are guys that just love to work with their hands. I, I, I don't identify with that because most everything I do with my hands, I have to do three times. You know, the first time that I do it wrong, the second time that I break it, and then the third time somebody comes and helps me fixes it. But I watch on missions trips how people will get in, roll their sleeves up, and absolutely love to build and make things and fix things and love to do it for God. And so the next time you're in a spot like that, look, just say this, Lord, you made me. And you're fixing me. And you gave me the ability to do this for your glory. And today when I'm working on it, I'm going to be thinking about you. Keep working on me. And keep using what I'm doing for your glory. That's expression. Man, that's expression. It doesn't have to look like anybody else. Worship is love expressed. Express your love to Him. That's one of the great things about coming to church. Because you get to express your love to God and to each other. You can't do that when you just watch online. I'm, I'm all for watching online. I, I, I watch a lot of stuff and listen to a lot of podcasts. But there's a dimension missing. You only have this. You don't have this. Worship is an expression. One of my favorite um, examples of this uh, was a man that I love dearly. And I, Sandy, I didn't know you, if you were going to be in this service or not. But I've been thinking about staying this week. And I'm... I'm uh, I don't mention him I don't, because I don't want to I don't want to increase your your suffering or but Stan those of you who knew Stan Bruce he was a man's man and he was respected by everybody who knew him and he expressed his love for God in so many ways so many ways 
And I think that's why he made such an impact on people. And one of my favorite things about Stan is he lived in God's presence. And I, I remember so many times he'd come to me and he'd have something to share that he had, you know, learned or somehow a hunger he had for God or a hunger he had to see men love God. And sometimes he'd cry and sometimes he'd, you know, lift his hand. He's always looking on the lookout for somebody, you know. And, and I, I don't know how many of you, you know, at his funeral, I remember hearing more stories than I'd ever heard of. And so many of you, you know, could sort of testify to that about his life. I, what I'm asking you to do, whether, whether you're a man or woman, doesn't matter. What I'm asking you to do is learn to express your love for God. And I promise you, you'll live in his presence. Nobody can tell you how. I don't know how you should express your love for God. There's dozens and dozens and dozens of ways. And I don't think any one way of expressing your love for God is more spiritual or better than any other way. But I don't think that means expression doesn't matter. I think expression is vital. I think it's critical and I think it's important. And so this morning, as we will do in this whole series... Um, we're going to share a worship song in a minute. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna share a whole worship song. And service isn't over. We're ending early on purpose, so we don't, we don't hold you after. Uh, and, you know, if you have an emergency and you need to go, we understand. But if you don't, would you just stay? Would you just stay and take an opportunity to express your love for God? Somehow, how, however you should do it, how, however it looks for you. This is the time where God brings the message to you. And I, I want you to ask yourself a question this morning, okay? The question I want you to ask is, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? Spirit, what are you saying to me? And, and in a minute, we'll, you know, we'll sing together. Maybe your expression is singing. Maybe you don't sing. But maybe today you will. Maybe you've never, you know, like opened your hand or lifted your hand when you sing. Maybe today you will. Maybe you've never stood. Maybe you've never closed your eyes. You know, maybe as we worship today, God will lay some thought on your heart about somebody you need to go to forgive or apologize to or somebody he's been wanting you to reach out to or some little act he's been wanting you to do. And, and maybe as we worship today, you know, maybe today you'll take that step. I, I don't know. You know, maybe it's time for you to begin to give. I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe there's some area of your life that's been neglected and it's time to pay attention to it. I, I don't know what it'll tell you and I don't know what you should do. But I do know that expressing your love for God will help your love grow. It'll cause your love to grow. So today, when we, when we stand in just a minute to, to worship, we stand in just a minute to share this song and and, and to ask God just to reveal His presence to us. I, I'm going to invite you, if you have a need, 
If you have any kind of need at all, anything, any kind of need at all, you have a physical need, you have a financial need, uh, something in your relationship, something in your family, finances, health, marriage, man, it, it just doesn't matter. If you have a need of any kind, in a minute when we stand, I, I just want you to come to one of the prayer teams and I, and I just want you to bring that need to the presence of God. You don't have to do anything spectacular. You don't have to do anything, you know, you don't have to make anything happen. God invites you today. Just bring that need to the presence of God. So I, I'm going to ask if our prayer team will come. Would you, would you come and find a place? And in just a minute, the worship team is going to start leading and we're going to stand. And when you stand, as soon as you stand, if you need prayer, I, I just want you to come. So would you go ahead and do that and stand now and just begin to, just begin to worship God. Lord, I worship you today. I turn my mind and my heart toward you and I love you. God, today I want to express my love for you. Lord, that your presence might fill my life. That your presence might fill my heart and mind. Lord, I worship you today. As the worship team begins to lead, come on and just worship. Lord, we worship you today. Let this be a place where the presence of God dwells. If you need prayer anytime, you come. You come anytime. You bring that name.
God's presence changes lives. Hey, I hope tonight that you'll join us for Soak at 5.30. We'll be here to worship and to pray. And uh, I, I know that the Holy Spirit is moving in this series. And uh, tonight gives us an incredible opportunity to express our love for God. I'm going to ask the worship team to sing that through again. If you need prayer, I want you to come. If you need to be dismissed, God bless you. Thanks for coming.